Baby brush? Yeah. I'm getting the baby brush tree with it. Right people, welcome to Mr. Naylor's podcast, uh, episode two. I'm uh, currently with uh, Mr. Sketch Fresh at the moment and he's uh, cutting my hair. He's giving me a nice skin fade with the foil. So we're just gonna see how this goes. So uh, yeah, I'm looking nice at the moment. Got a nice little trim about halfway through-ish, quarter way-ish. Yeah, about that. About, about that, yeah. So uh, we're just gonna test it, see how it goes. Yeah, excuse the clip of noises, people. What's that down at one? Got the foil. This is the foil clipper, so this is the section that like completely bonds it. Then, so what I'll do now is I'll move through to the detailers, which are not normally generally used that much for fading. Yeah. But when skin fades go into place, because the foil takes it down completely to the skin, so there is nothing there at all. There's always going to be a transition line, so you have to use something that's going to put that hair right down, but not completely away. So like a blending basically. Yeah, so it blends because otherwise you'll just have a point where it's like stubble and then like skin. You yeah. need something that's a kind of in between stubble and skin, which is like crazy. It's kind of just going from like zero, well it's past zero, zero really. into like I'd say like a point one. Yeah, yeah. It's like a slow gradual yeah, transition. Yeah, that, that, that's because that's what it is. You put the gradient to the fade, so the, the skin section will be fairly low down the head. Yeah, then yeah. you'll move up to around where the temple line is and in that section you'll have like below uh, a, you'll have a zero section where you'll have a point one section a zero section then a point five then you'll start moving into your one your 1.5 your two as you get up towards the top of the hair where the head curves see so it's not just simple just a short back and sides these days is it <laughs> no but in, in all honesty <laughs> i've much preferred doing skin fades but I think that's because of me personally. I mean, the reason I started barbering was due to skin fades. You How know? did you get into barbering? It was, it was a crazy one, really, because the way that it started, I used to obsessively look for the best person that could skin fade my hair. And I used to watch the techniques that my barbers would use when I was getting cut. And where did you go? Uh, I used to go to uh, Bearwood. Icon. Uh, Icon. Did yeah, you? of course. I'm yes. an Icon as Also, well. shout out to uh, Connor, my barber, my man C. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then from there, I started watching a few YouTube videos because I wanted to see what the different techniques, what the outcome of those techniques would be. And after watching a few videos, due to being creative anyway, I felt like, well, maybe possibly I could do that. And then shout out to uh, Norm the Storm. You test, you test my, my, my guinea pig, he was like the first person that ever let me cut his hair. And what, what kind of trim did you give him to start off with? Uh, a mohawk? So, no, but the, the first ever one, eight years ago, which is funny because he popped, popped up on my time hop the other day. That long ago? Yeah, nah, but it wasn't a cut. Do you remember the first pattern that I ever did? The star? Nah, it was like some weird zeds. Some it was, it was It was terrible. I, like, I used full-size clippers, it was horrible. But I remember at the time, I was like, look how sick that is. But no, it wasn't good. Did you give Norm the star? When? I don't know, do you remember when he had like pink and like, blonde hair and he had oh, like, nah, star? Oh, no, 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 that won't be, no. Nah. I think it was a Vangeli special that was, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, man, so uh, yeah, can we carry on with the trim? Yeah. So you say you've been barbering for about eight years now then? Well, no, nah, I wouldn't say that, like, I, would, I would say that I've been barbering properly for about four years. Yeah. So I've done three years of just really doing home cuts and then 
more recently, I managed to actually um, get into barbershops and take it off as full-time work, which is amazing. Yeah, you get that experience in it, yeah? Exactly, and I'd say that like, in the time that I've been within the barbershop now, it's just helped to improve my cuts, because yeah. I'm picking up new techniques from the other barbers that I work with. And being in the environment of being in the shop is also helping me manage time in my cuts and stuff, so yeah, it's good. So you must like obviously gain experience from doing different people's hair because obviously everyone, people's hair curly, straight, thick. Yeah, of course, and obviously a lot of people have like slight imperfections in their hair, not stuff that is noticeable, but like like crowns and balls, double lifting, crowns, yeah. exactly. Yeah, uh, like curly parts, parts that don't grow as thick. Like the density of the actual spacing of the hair is different. Bold patches. Bold patches. <laughs> people get their head tops tattooed. And... Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too much info. We'll say that for another another time. <laughs> Trials and tribulations of the hair follicles. Yeah, man. Can't get it older, innit? Yeah, we ain't young no more, mate. But it's it's nice having a, a haircut, especially for like men, because obviously like men, a lot of men don't obviously have a lot a lot of makeup, like eyelashes. No, I would say that that is our form main of like, cosmetics, yeah, of beauty, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. isn't it? It is, it is, because like who doesn't feel like more fresh once they've stepped directly out of the barber chair, and especially for people that have skin fades, for example. Yeah. The freshness, if you have a foil skin fade, how smooth the back of your head is. That literally feels like a baby's bottom. It does. You walk out the chair like, ah. <laughs> but it is, you know, it gives you more confidence. It makes you like, it makes you look younger as well. It does, and I enjoy giving people something that when they walk out of the chair, that that they, they feel better about themselves. It's yeah, like self rewarding almost. Yeah, of course, because you're you're giving someone a, a good experience, and you know, you're bringing them happiness. Exactly. You're giving them a service, which is making them. Happy. I think that's what's good about like health and beauty. Like a lot of people look down on it, like plastic surgery and makeup and whatnot. But you know, if it makes you feel better about yourself, then then, then why not? This is it. And you know, like, I had a customer come in the other day, and he was uh, a fairly young lad. He was told me that he'd uh, got a first date with a girl, and uh, so I gave him an excellent cut. And then when he came in after, I asked him how the date went, and he said the first thing that she commented on was how nice his hair looked. And you know, that gives him confidence. Exactly. And, so. Yeah. Shout out to the date crew. The date crew. So where are you uh, where are you currently working now? And um, so I have recently moved barbers. I was working at a barbers in Apox Green, but now I'm working at Brooklyn Barbers Club in Kings Heath on Vicarage Road. So if anyone would like to come down and get the freshness that you deserve from the one light sketch fresh. Give me a show. <laughs> yeah, and I have been there and the parking is decent and they've got a, a banging calf across the road and yeah, I, I had a pretty damn cut so... And the shop is just a, it's nice, it's a nice shop to be in, like the, the other barbers that are there, it's a friendly environment, like you know, everyone has got a lot of jokes, a lot of banter, just a good place to be. Yeah, definitely. So how do you uh, see your future in barbering? Would you like to carry on and... and uh, yeah, so like it's been, because I have been barbering for, as I say, around four years now. Um, and, you know, it was, obviously when I first started, I, I, I didn't think it was something I'd be able to do. Well, um, you just started, on, as a you started yeah. out on your mates, don't you? Well, exactly, you know, I've had yeah. plenty of trims from you when you just literally just, <laughs> remember your clippers you had, you had to like bite on the battery and <laughs> take the hair out and stuff like that. Yeah. But we still got good trims, you know, that's why I, I still well, come to I, you now. I think, I think that working with like subpar equipment made me better now yeah, because cool. now that I have got like the, the 
Well, a bad workman blames his tools, doesn't he, really? Exactly, so. exactly. But, um, you know, the, the future of the barbering thing, I've been working in call centres for a majority of my life, and he started to literally soul-destroy me, so my aim then was to try to get into a barbershop, and when I got into my first barbershop, um, you know, the shop was great, but unfortunately, due to previous barbers that were there, we didn't really have a lot of customers coming in, and it was yeah. really getting a bit disheartening. clock watching in there. Exactly. So, I mean, like, there would be days where I'd sit there and maybe only do one cut, days where there was no cuts at all. Um, and, you know, so to move over into a barber's nowhere, I'm doing between, I don't know, 13 to 17 cuts a day. It's, it's like, leads. Gaining their experience, yeah, and you're yeah, not watching exactly. the clock. You know, even going back to, like you say, you know, working in call centres, that's, that's obviously helped you as well because, you know, it's not just about cutting hair in barbershops. It's about having a, a connection with the customers as well. Exactly, I've yeah. been to a few barbers where I've just sat there in silence and I'm, I like to talk, you know, and it's been not uncomfortable, but, you know, sometimes you want to have the experience of having a laugh with your barber or, you know, have just, you know, it's in a way, and it sounds sad, it's kind of like therapy because you can kind of, you sit there and some people probably tell their life stories because it's a random person and they're close to them. If they get a connection, they will... They will tell their stories. No, I, I definitely agree with it. I mean, the experience of going into a barber shop, I think that it should be something where you know that like your barber is almost like one of your friends, and you can chat openly about pretty much anything that you want to, and that you have a good experience within the shop, not just from your barber, but the other people that are around as well. Yeah, it really does create like um, kind of like a community vibe, you know, because I feel that getting your hair cut is quite a personal experience, you know, it to is. let another man. That close to your head. Well, I can feel you rubbing all against my back as you stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't make me feel uncomfortable because I know you're doing a job, like. Unless you got a bit like a bit of a stiffy, but. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, you know, it's 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 just a good way for people to like. I find like sometimes you connect with your bar, but you, you do kind of not like an agony in the art, but you do tell them a bit more stuff about your uh, life. Of course you do, you know, like it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a weird experience being the barber though, because sometimes, you know, if you've ever been in a taxi, let's say you've been on a night out and uh, you get in the taxi on the way home, you, you're on your own yeah, yeah. and the taxi driver won't shut up and you really can't be asked to yeah, speak to yeah, him. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be that taxi driver within a barber situation, so there yeah, has yeah. been customers whereby, you know, I'll start speaking to him. If I don't really get a lot of, like, chat back, yeah. I'll wind it down unless they... Yeah, you, you realise that they just want to relax yeah, and have exactly. the haircut. Yeah, exactly. No, so, you got to read the situation, haven't you, really? It's and, you know, I've, I've had customers whereby once they're sitting in the chair and they're chatting my ear off and the next time they're not really talking yeah, to you because yeah. you know everyone's got different things going on at the time yeah so you have to tailor the kind of barber experience to the customer yeah. so it's not just cutting air it's kind of just knowing your surroundings and and kind of judging how the person feels in front of you really exactly yeah i'll say i've had a long day at work and i've sometimes i've sat there and just and not wanted to say anything and I've been in a position where the barber just, you know, realised it, or sometimes they're just talking and talking, and you can just, you just agitate, you just want your hair cut finished, because you you don't want to talk sometimes. Well, I feel like, I find that the, the whole thing for a barber is tailoring everything to the customer, because, you know, everyone's idea of how a haircut should be is completely different, you know, not every haircut can be the same, like if you come in and say skin fade, I then have to ask a few more questions to understand exactly what your vision of a skin fade is. Do you want a low fade? Do you want a mid fade? Do you want weight left at the top? Do you want it bolded? Yeah. Because each person has a different thing, so I find it's not just tailoring the conversation. Yeah. The whole experience from a barber to their customer should be tailored completely to them. You should make that person feel like you know that they have your full attention and the work that you're doing 
is going to be exactly what they've requested. Of course, but at the end of the day, they're paying their money, aren't they? Exactly. It's like when you started on my hair, like, you know, you never cut my hair before, and the first time I wanted, a, I wanted like a mid-fade, but it was, a, it was a bit high, and then the next time I came, you knew that, like, that I didn't like that, and you just cut, like, you put it, like, mid-fade and made it a bit lower, and, like, it's just experience, isn't it, really? I think, you know, like, when I first ever started cutting, I think that I was cutting everyone's hair. The same. How I like my hair done, because yeah. I like I like a mid to high fade. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's because that's what I, like mine as, I thought that I was going to be the barber that does every cut like that. But obviously, as you progress further forward as a barber, you realise cutting everyone's hair in the same manner doesn't really make you a barber, because if you can't do anything that's requested of you, are you really... A barber. Yeah, true. You can't just look at someone's hair and think, oh, I want it like how yours is. Like people that obviously different, aren't they? They've all got different head shapes, exactly. thickness of hair, what whatnot. So, yeah, man. Can you, uh, did you mind grabbing some can out of the fridge? I will indeed. So, yeah, um, we're just here, just getting a haircut with Sketch Fresh right about now. So, yeah, I mean, he's been cutting my hair for quite a long time. It's looking good for about what halfway through, I'd say. I'd say halfway now. Yeah. Obviously, it takes a bit more time than me, like because you know. Well, when it's a private cut, we're not in the barber's right about now. Exactly. We're in so his kitchen. <laughs> when when I'm in the shop, obviously, um, you know, speed is of the essence. And I will never rush a trim, though. I must state that. But when I'm cutting someone at their house, or you know, I'm at my house and I'm cutting their hair, I, generally it's always going to be a friend that I'm cutting. So like, it's more of a a chill yeah. and a cut at the same time. You well, know. it's just like this is just like a, a catch up, just with like the added bonus of me not having to go to King's Eve to get my hair cut. Yeah. You know, I live a busy, busy life for art style. It's nice to just be able to get this done on an evening. It's there, done. Well, this is why, like, I think that offering the service of a home cut is great because, you know, I find that a lot of people, when I do home cuts for them, the thing that they express the most is that they do enjoy going to a barber's. It's time. The pe yeah, the time to actually find to get into a barber's and yeah. also, like, you know, if, if the shop's very busy, like, for example, the shop that I work in is, is a very busy shop. You can't guarantee, like, you can walk in and there could be 10 people ready, you could be, you could be like, an empty chair ready. Exactly. It's exactly. look at the drawer. And it all depends on your day. Like, as I said, I've got a busy lifestyle. I haven't like, really got time to go anywhere nine to five to get my hair cut, so it's nice, like, out of hours barbering to, to sort this out. And you know, for me, because it's not, I don't see barbering as work, although this is my job, there's never a single day where like, I wake up and I think, oh, I don't want to go to work, or, yeah. you know, that I don't enjoy the job that I'm doing. This is like, after working in call centres for so long, and as I say, it did start to soul destroy me. It was something whereby, because I'm a very creative person, you know, with doing the emceeing, uh, the beat making, the DJing, the drawing, the fashion designing, clothes customization, yeah, yeah. and the barbering, you know, like. You felt a bit repressed, like. Yeah, so I just wanted to find something that I could do as a viable day job that's gonna keep the money coming in. Um, but you know what, as well, it's, obviously money is really important in this life, but it's also great to enjoy your job. Like, it's like, I feel the same about that, like, my job's hard, it's, but, I wouldn't change it now because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy gardening, I enjoy, you know, landscaping, I enjoy running the business. Like, it's all about finding what you enjoy doing. Job satisfaction is like, you know, working in call centre for that long, I had kind of got into a mentality whereby I didn't think I was ever going to be able to break out of the cycle of. It's like a rot. I worked in like offices for about a good 10 years and I felt the same. I felt like I couldn't achieve anything more because it's all, it's all I ever done. 
it's hard to get out of them kind of roles as well because it's so structured and you think, oh, what? And you find security in it, it's almost like... Yeah, cool. You, you, you get comfortable, don't you? Exactly. Because you're doing this routine or thing every day where you become a creature of habit, don't you, really? When I was working in offices, I would just literally get in there for 10, leaving at 7, have my lunch at this time, do this many things an hour. Same thing every single day, isn't it? Yeah, so, like, as I say, like, managing to get myself into a position where I'm working within a creative environment, because, you know, I see doing a cut in the same manner that I would look at, say, making a beat or writing a lyric. You know, it's it's a creative process to me. Well, it's, it's art, in a sense, yeah. because you're creating something that looks aesthetically pleasing. Maybe not to yourself, but to the person in the mirror, they want to see something, they want to look at themselves in a better light, and obviously a haircut does do that. It does definitely, so yeah, this is why I'm enjoying being in this creative style of working yeah I've definitely seen you you're you know you, I said this earlier I thought before we started doing this I'm I'm proud of you in this state now where you're actually enjoying what you're doing like you want to get up and and put that extra push thank you thank you like it's like a, a good few of my friends have said to me recently that they're, that they're really proud of me for kind of like pushing and carving my own path out because in all honesty most people, and this is not just from my friendship circle, but most people can't say that they either themselves or know people that actually do love their job on a day-to-day basis, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, work-life does take priority to... Uh, of course, especially as you get older. Of course, that's it. So, you know... You're going to start your own business eventually. I think that it is something that I will look to do within the future. Um, you know, I feel that it, before I do that, I want to make sure that I've got, like, a solid... Um, experience not just experience but a customer base because I don't want to be in a position where I open up a shop and I don't have enough customers yeah. coming in throughout the week well you've already don't... experienced that with, um, with the previous barbers that I was working in yeah so I don't want to do that so you know my, my, my plan is to um, you know fully throw myself into Brooklyn Barbers Club um, shout out to Jay who owns Brooklyn Barbers Club um, and you know get as much experience out of it as I can um, you know and then maybe in the future then start to look when I've built up my own customer base is strong enough to then look and uh, open up my own shop. But I'm just enjoying being in the starting process. You know, like this is the start of my barbering journey, really. Yeah. All the stuff that before was the groundwork to get here. Yeah, but yes, when you spent a lot of years cutting your friend's hair and, and gaining that experience, and now you've gone from doing that to, you know, 15, you know, cuts a day with, with different people, but with different hair. Yeah, and it was a bit of a, a culture shock, in you know, honest, when, when I first ever started. Because you was thrown in the deep end, but tell us about the story how you started then, because you have kind of thrown in the deep end, weren't you, really? Uh, what, with uh, Tony Savio? Or with, nah, nah, because you... With the new one, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, basically, I'd been working in um, a barber's in Alcock Screen, Tony Savio Barber's, um, and as I say, unfortunately, the customer base there, due to um, previous barbers that had been at the shop, um, and I, it was a new shop as yeah, well. Yeah, so like, you know, um, I was used to probably doing two, maybe three cuts per day. And on the first day that I started at um, Brooklyn Barbers Club, it was a Friday. It was a very busy day. Um, normally there would be three barbers in on a Saturday or a Friday at Brooklyn Barbers Club. Um, but one of the barbers hadn't turned up that day, so it was just myself and uh, yeah. But tell us the story. Like, obviously, you just jumped a bit there because you like you went to go into the place. On oh, the so you want me to yeah. say how I actually got into oh, Brooklyn you got barbers? In the deep end, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So look, it was a bit of a weird story. Um, so my uh, my girlfriend had told me um, that there was uh, a position going at Brooklyn Barbers Club because um, she lives in Kings Heath. So I'd contacted them and they said, can you just pop in and have a chat? So while I was on the way to work at um, the previous barbers that I was working at, 
I've just popped in um, just to say hello and just have a quick chat and uh, you just know, introduce yourself. Yeah, really. just introduce yeah. myself and you know see if it was going to be a thing that possibly I could work there in the future. Um, and then he then told me that one of his barbers hadn't turned up that day. Um, that he'd looked at my cuts on Instagram um, and he saw that I was a, a good barber and could have start there and then. So I literally had to just literally go to my barbers in Oakhurst Green, pick up the equipment that I had, tell them that I was leaving, um, which See ya. which wasn't a great uh, <laughs> experience. Adios. Yeah, and then um, you know went to Brooklyn Barbers Club, started there and then. But like, it, like if we bring this back, like you know from your call centre work, you've left a really good first impression for them to risk it all and say, look, you start now. I said, they're, yeah. in, they're in trouble, but they, you've obviously left a good first impression. Yeah. And first impressions are always great for business. I think because I'm a very like chatty, bubbly person anyway, I think, you know, I'd like to think that I leave good impressions on, on most people. I know that there are some people out there that hate me. Shout out to the haters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's just life, you know. Yeah, but if you haven't got haters, you're not doing your proper work. Yeah. But, you know, I, I know what you're like, you know, I've known you for a while, you know, you can chat for England. That's why I wanted to get on this podcast, because, you know, I know you'd have stuff to say. But, you know, it's just going back to the whole, you know, business mentality where, you know, I know Sketch, he leaves a good impression because it's just how he is. He, like, he likes to talk. I'm a listener. I like to listen. I like to listen to his stories. But you've always got to leave a good impression when you meet people first time, whether it be business or just socialise, because them first couple seconds, they can they can mould they can mould you like if he walked in there and he you know come in bad attitude, didn't look him in the eye, didn't introduce himself properly, they would just thought, oh nah, it ain't worth it. We'll find someone else because he left a good impression. How many haircuts did you do that day? Second. How many haircuts did you do that day? Uh, fourteen, which was like a <laughs> it blew my mind from going to do like three cuts a day. Probably maximum, maybe five, and then do do fourteen, and that's in like a new barber's. Yeah, just which was, it was I'm not going to lie. When I first went in there, it was a daunting experience because you know like the shop is. Um, well, you're thrown in the deep end. Well, it's not really? just that the shop does have like a strong regular clientele, so everyone in the barber shop had obviously um, been there before, like. exactly, and got their own like relationships and experiences within the shop. So when I was the new face in there, every single customer that come in, pretty much knew. Yeah. That I was the new face, and then you know. You find that sometimes when you go to barbers, you, like if you're used to your local barber, when you see a new one there, you're kind of like, nah, nah, I don't really want to use you because I don't, I don't know don't who know. you are. Yeah. So what a lot of people I'll find will do is maybe watch while I'm doing a cut, and then make an assessment if they, if they want to come yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I completely understand that because, as I say, like, my, the, the experience of actually getting your haircut is a very personal experience. I find that most people once they find a barber that they like. Yeah. That will probably be their barber for, for life, you know, unless like the, there's a point where they have to move to a, a new place or something along them lines. But, you know, I do find that once you have... It's two things. You find an element of trust with the person to like, hold maybe a conversation or feel comfortable with, like, be random and their haircut as well. Exactly. You know, you, you're standing here, you're stand, you've been standing over me for like half hour now. It obviously don't normally take this long. It's just because we're friends and you, you do it properly. He's got the foil on me, he's got the fading. How far are we now? Like coming to the top of my head now? Yeah, moving up towards the top now. Yeah. So I'm just, what I'm doing at the moment is just taking a bit more weight out of the top, um, kind of curving the 
part where your hair will go from the short section to the long section. Yeah. Um, what there is is what I call a ghost line left at the moment, um, probably about a middle of the fade. So once I've done this top section connecting, I'll, like no blend I'll, I'll knock that out, yeah, and then I will move on to your scissor cut. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm looking in the mirror now, I can see that he's, he's like faded it. Then I've got like a step lock into like when my hair's long. So it's kind of like a short back and sides, but with a fade down the side. You, you, now you just need to just blend all the sides in. Because what I've done is I've gone from a 0.5 grade to a one. So what I'll do in a moment is I will set that to a 0.75 okay. and knock that line out. Oh, I see. Like you'll kind of take the middle section. Yeah, exactly. Out, yeah, because yeah. I don't have a 0.75 grade. What I'll do is I'm just going up the grades at the moment and then I'll start putting it into lever close or lever open, but that's not in depth bar at all. Yeah, yeah, that's like, that's way over my head. Hey, <laughs> over my head. Hey, hey, pun. So, yeah, man. So, um, off topic, how did you get the name Sketch Fresh? Well, the original is Sketch Ernie, but. Okay, yeah, so no, the reason I call Sketch is um, due to like uh, the, the graffiti, the drawing type links. Um, when I was young, the only thing that I was ever really good at was art and drawing. Um, so that's where the, the sketch um, where did came you, from. Where did you like know you could art, like junior school, infants? Um, like, so when I was very, very young, my own father, um, he was like fairly good at drawing. Um, and he, um, you know, taught me how to draw. So from a fairly young age, I'd say between the age of seven and 10, that's when he really like started to teach me the techniques and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so from around that time and then going through school, the only thing that I really enjoyed was doing art, you know, because I, I felt that it was something I was really good at. So I really enjoyed art and graphics. During school then, obviously, I went to college to do art. I thought you did music. Well, I did. So, funny story around the whole reason that I ever started music. While I was at college doing art, I <laughs> unfortunately didn't make the use of my time as much as I should have. What was that? What I was, was let's say that I was just procrastinating with, <laughs> uh, with you know people that I'd met at the college who yeah. like become some of my best friends. It's a big um, change, college from what school though. Isn't yeah, it? and you know, obviously you've got a still, you've got a, a, a stupid young mentality yeah. where you think that you know everything, but you really don't, and that's only something you realise as you get older. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I've realised it ever, to be honest, mate. I don't think any of you have that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when I started doing music, Sketch was the logical name to, to go with because it was already something that people knew me as. Um, you know, it was something that I'd used while I was doing graffiti and stuff. But the reason I started doing music is because I, during the procrastination, um, I didn't do any of my work really at college. And in actual fact, I had to go, when everyone else had finished college, I had to go for a month and a half every day to catch up on the work. And I actually did manage to catch up. And when I submitted everything, I forgot to hand in my sketchbook. So there was no coursework behind any of the pieces and they gave me a U, which meant that I could not retake the same subject at Halzone College and I didn't want to go to Dudley College. Yeah, and just prior to finding out that I'd failed art, one of my friends had told me that he was actually going to Halzone College to do music in the following year. This was at the pub one night. Uh, Ian Heath, aka Beef and Beef. So... We was in the pub at this time and obviously a few drinks had been consumed. So I said to him, not thinking that I would ever fail art, if I fail art, I'll come and do music at college with you. And then sure enough, I did fail art. So I bought a pair of decks two weeks before I started college and with no experience when I did music. That was the start of the uh, sketch musical journey. 
No, the sketch line was something that I had already. Now, the reason that the fresh part was added in, there was, while I was drawing by the same scene, one night I'd done my set in a main room at a club, and then I'd gone up to the second room, just have a little mess around, and uh, a young kid come up to me, and he said, do you think I can get on the mic? I'd say that he was about 17, I know is, it, is this a tunnel club? No, it Subway. was. It was a uh, no. It was at plug. A plug. Plug. I think that's gone now, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, the plug, man. So I looked at the kid, and you know, I thought to myself, yeah, this kid's about seventeen or so. And I, I remembered when I first used to go up to MCs in the rave, and you know, ask if I could get on the mic. And there was a few times that they actually did allow me to, and I, I remembered like the feeling of that. So I was like. You know what, kid? Yeah, 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 I'll get you one. And I said to him, what's your MC name? Let me give you a shout out. And he said, Sketch. So I was like, what? Uh, uh, uh. I was like, what? And then he was like, yes, yeah, Sketch. And I was like, let me ask you a question. Did you see the name Sketch on the flyer and think that you had a booking? And he said, well, I did wonder. And I said, listen, kid, yeah, I'm Sketch. You've got your wires twisted here. Fuck off. Next time I see ya, I don't want your name to be Sketch. And then sure enough, there was a, a booking that I did a few months later where he come up to me and he was protesting that he was keeping the name Sketch and it was gonna be drama that night. So one of my friends then suggested to me, why don't you add a second part to your name? I was in a, a hip hop band called Dantana at the time and all the other vocalists in Dantana had got kind of like double name. So Mets JNR. Yeah. K Chambers, Juggernaut, Miss B, everyone had like a double syllable a name. Syllable, yeah. I was the only one that didn't, so like it made logical sense then to add a second part on. And you know, there was uh, a few different ideas that I'd gone through, but one that kept coming back was because I'm very much into clothing and the way that I dress is very individual. A lot of the times people say that my clothes always look fresh. So the name Sketch Fresh had then been a suggestion, but I thought that it was a bit of a like a bullshy statement, like, oh look at me. Um, and yeah, but that just sums you up in like, <laughs> but it does, like, yeah. That's how you are. Yeah, so it's, it's like, it kind of works out better. It does, really. yeah. It, it's weird because the two words don't really associate with each other, but it does describe me perfectly. <laughs> so that's the origins of Sketch Fresh. Or some gentle little dickhead. <laughs> Nothing's changed, has it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, look, thinking back to the drum and bass days, look, me and Sketch Fresh. So it's, it's weird, Nick, on your Sketch Fresh. So yeah, it's because like, you know what, it's not like, like yeah. obviously, like, Sketch is like, no one really calls me by my real name, so I don't expect people to actually call me Sketch Fresh, it's just my artist name, yeah. it's always going to be just oh, Sketch. It's just your nickname, is it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's weird how people like get nicknames. I mean, up here your real like, your real name's Dean, but I, I can hardly. It seems weird calling you Dean. Nah, I mean even my even my girlfriend calls me Sketch. Yeah, it's like K, and it? it's like calling K Michael. Michael, it's weird. yeah, it's weird. It is weird. Yeah, like I don't. I never ever call you Tom. Ooh, you don't call me Mr. Naylor, do you? No, but, yeah, I suppose not. But like, I don't know. What do you call me then? Twat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he walked into that one, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Mr. Fresh. Don't know the dumb night. But yeah, you know, talk about music, like I say, we used to do what radio shows, what, twice uh, a week was it? Yeah, so yeah, we did Raiders Radio. And Global then, as well, Global DB, yeah. For uh, 
quite a long time, weren't he? Yeah, me, you, Marky G. And the Beefy B. The Beefy B. And then Kay as well, and, you know, Juggernaut used to pop down and whatnot. Yeah, the, the good old days. It was fun still, because I was never really a drum bass MC, but it was you who got me into it. Well, that time we went to like London and we just went to like some random drummer bass event you've been booked Yeah, out. it was uh, MC Det's birthday bash and like drummer bass heads out there will know who MC Det is. Like he's a legend in the scene and like going to do that gig was like a massive thing for me at the time. But looking back now, it's all really small in comparison to other gigs that I've done. It's weird. Yeah, but that's that's a journey of music. Of course, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what it's like as, as an MC, like just even getting a booking, it's, it's, especially when you're starting from the bottom, it's, it's hard work. It is. I came from like doing like grime and that. I didn't really like drum and bass. It was only because there was just so many bookings available, and then I slowly like did all the radio. Yeah, we were doing like what four or five hours a week of like radio shows. We were. We was going to like high rise blocks, and we was going to some dodgy places, man. We went to shot a TV up in Preston as well. Yeah, and London. Went a fair few times yeah, to shot a TV. You know, it was all very like it was great experience. Like yeah, it was. It was you're thrown into the deep end. And you are bass. like it is a very like it's a very clicky it's, scene. It's also a very like masculine driven like it's a very clicky scene. It is, but I love the the it's the community in the Birmingham drum and bass scene. You know, if you talk about uh, people like G Diesel, Spartans, you know, Starter, uh, Mr X, you know, like the community uh, shout out to D Drive, Tension. Um, you know, the community vibe that is built up between the, the DJs and the MCs, you know, because we are all coming up on the same circuit. It, it's a real community, I find. Well, it was all enjoying the same things, really. Exactly, you know, and everyone's just looking to see each other progress as artists. It's, it's a nice place to be, but also, like, the, the, the drama. Yeah, the drama is it's hilarious, though. I think the good thing is, well, because the community was so good, there was there was so many gigs available because everyone was just wanting to just perform and wanting to. You found like you went to a lot of drum and bass events. There'd be a lot of artists there, and they'd be sort of supporting other artists, like a lot of DJs. There. Even if they weren't booked, they'd still go and and watch because it was like it was like a club, really, weren't it? Like drum and bass. It's like a it's a real tight scene. Yeah, it is. Whereas it, like the hip hop scene and and the. I don't know, scene. like I don't know, because now that I'm actually like part of. More so, like obviously, I swapped from being a drum and bass MC to, to solely doing hip hop, you know, and then getting involved with uh, beats and bars. Shout out to Trickstar, shout out to Trademark Blood, shout out to Cynical, uh, shout out to man like Taju Lasano, you know, like the, the beats and bars. Don't forget K as well, man. Nah, but I'll, I'm speaking about K in a separate manner because that is like, that K's family to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that, that anyone that knows me knows that me and Chambers kind of come as a duo with that music thing due to parallel minds. So, we're getting involved in the Beats and Bars um, Birmingham hip hop movement. It has been a blessing because, you know, I feel like I found the, the, the community thing that I was looking for in hip hop. I found that via linking up and, you know, I, I get to speak to some Midlands rappers that I fully rate and respect because they're doing real hip-hop. And they're doing it for the love and the passion and not, exactly. not changing and like following trends. Exactly, you know, because I feel that the, the, the type of hip-hop that I do, that golden era, 90s, boom back, is a niche market, you know. It doesn't really appeal to a younger crowd as much, any. No, not no. It's all like drill and trap. Trap and like, no, I don't even trap. It's just drill and just... Well, drill, I find that drill kind of took over from yeah. where trap left up. And grind, well, I think it took over and grind, dude. But it's just, it's... In a way, it's, it's very ghetto, but it's still very commercialised. 
There's, I don't know, it's like the scenes have, have changed, but is it just that we've got older? I, I, I personally think, like, I, I, maybe I might not like the music types that are as popular at the moment, but the one thing that I do fully love is the fact that we, as a country now, UK, have our own identity as music because I feel that America, especially when I was young, yeah. with like watching like, drove, like, bass, what we listen to, like MTV bass and stuff like that. Exactly, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, that's why I grew up. There, was, there, was, there wasn't really any like UK music. That well, we, then you started getting like um, not AKA. Was, what was it Unless called? it was like you know, obviously the, there was a strong UK uh, music scene within like underground dance music, like jungle drum and bass, etc. Yeah, yeah. But for things like hip hop, you know. When I first started rapping, I started rapping in an American accent because I've never heard a, a UK person rap. Is that when you used to wear all the Echo gear and that? Like, oh yeah, yeah when I used to dress fully American, like I embraced that American Like you Joe Budden. Oh yeah, mate. I used to wear my, my new era cap with one ear tucked in and a bandana underneath <laughs> and everything, man. I used to wear jeans where I could probably fit another person inside the leg with me. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I don't think that was only like, what, 15 years ago? When you say only, do you realise <laughs> I know you just said only 15 years ago? I think that's a weird like, thing, like, you know, being in your early 30s, is that your music, like, you're kind of out the scene of new music because you listen to it. And you can't relate you to can't it any longer. It's been different, like, my, um, my brother's 14 and he's been sending me loads of drill stuff and I've been listening to it. And some of it I, I know, do you know, like, because, like, it's weird, I do listen to it and there are certain, like, songs that I do But like. it doesn't bring me the memories of being young back then. No, like. no, no, no. And I also, like, I'm, I am a big fan of, like, saying this. I feel like the last good, like, pop music, because I don't, like, particularly like pop music, but I feel that there was actually good songs in pop music in the nineties and the nineties yeah, but you that, will because it's what you grew up on whereas the kids today will think oh yeah. you know this year because it's new to them of course you've got to think when you was 18 and that's when you realise yeah. that's when you're getting old well, a little bit yeah which is hard to when you become bitter at things that you have no reason to be bitter over like I hate <laughs> that's your 30s for I hate new rap style and I'm, it makes me bitter and then I realised on that day for the first time I heard something and I pulled that old man cringe face <laughs> I was like oh no <laughs> no. Uh, you got to take age gracefully, haven't you, really? I'm blessed with the baby face, so I'm alright, mate. I am, just the bold spot, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'm doing really well. I'm 34, I haven't got a single ground. I've got a full head of hair, not yeah. even a one patch missing. I'm doing good in life. But you know what, even like getting the bowl patch now, I still like getting my hair cut. It's still, because I can't see the back of my head, so I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel younger having a haircut. Like looking at it now, I feel I've lost a couple of years. Just, uh, and my hair wasn't even long before, was it? Though, only had, what, I haven't had my hair cut, it was About two, two, two weeks, weeks ago. week and a half, I think I put yeah. in, in the shop. But you know, if, if you have, like, especially like a skin fade, you notice it, don't you? And really? especially if you have a foil. As soon as you feel a bit of stubble start popping back through, you're like, oh no, yeah. no, no. You notice the difference. Whereas, like, if someone looked at me, like, before I come to you tonight, they'd have been like, why do you need your hair cut? It's still short. You know, when I was when I was younger, like, the skin fades really meant that that much to me. I was getting my hair cut every, t- like, every week. Yeah. And the barber that used to cut my hair at the time would say to me, well, I don't even know what you hear, you don't need your hair cut. But it was the... You want to keep it that super I wanted, fresh. Yeah, because I feel like when you have a skin fade, that, that word fresh is something that becomes really important to you. If I had the time, I would have my hair cut every week. Just to keep it this low. But obviously, you know, life's busy. You can't you can't be sitting here having the haircuts every week. It's just not feasible. 
It really isn't. It's not. You know, money-wise, well, you don't be spending, what, you know, 10, 15 pound a haircut every every week. Adds up. What's that? 40, 40 times 12? 440 pound? A year on haircuts? Nah, it's more than that. The reason I'm not even attempting to answer this question is because I'm terrible at maths and I'm not making myself sound like I'm an idiot. Come, I've come from one haircut a month then. I don't know, I can't work it out now, but yeah. So, um, how far are we on the trim now? Like, where would you explain? We just... Uh, so I'd say that like all of the fade is completely done now. There is just I'm just what I call detail work. So obviously just because being a perfectionist. no, well, I wouldn't even say being a perfectionist. I feel that like obviously because everyone has like certain imperfections in their hair. Yeah. Certain places where like they might have like a little divot or something. Yeah. So the hair doesn't get picked up by the clippers in the same manner. So what I call detail work is just taking out very slight shadows in hair. But mm. like, I couldn't I couldn't go out at the moment. Like looking in the mirror now, like the fade's sick, but. There's like a wedge from where the hair to the, the fade meets. You can, you can there. Nah, I was all about the, the top goes. Oh, because yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, not like you haven't started I'm, yet. Yeah. But the fade, like, you, like if you put your finger on the back of my head, you can literally feel no hairs. So have you um, you've been working on the uh, new music lately? Um, like it's, I, I took a year off really writing lyrics. Um, you started doing beats there. Yeah? Well, I've, I've always really made beats, but it was kind of strange because like I would have always told someone that I was a rapper before, but I never would have said that I was a producer because I didn't really feel at the time like my beats were were part. worthy of calling myself a producer. I only re really started making beats just so me and my friends would have something to rap oh, on yeah, in yeah. times that like we didn't have beats from other producers and you know over time I'm working on them I started to progress and then when I started to progress more and more and more I'd say over the last yeah. couple, of year, couple of years I, I then started to take it a little bit more seriously and I wanted to dedicate some more time just to working on my beats um, so I decided to take a year off um, writing any lyrics uh, and just concentrate just on my beat making which I feel has paid off massively as Nada will also say though, there is one part of my beat making which is the mastering process yeah. um, and setting levels, which is something it's, I do really. It's need a, to work such on. a shame sometimes because Sketch sends me quite a lot of his beats and it's it's weird like listening to like your friend's beats, but it gives me inspiration to write and I have written a lot of songs to his beats. But when you go to the studio to master them down, it's kind of like it's weird with music. You can't just go on a computer and make a beat and then send it out. It has to be mastered and pro there's a lot more process to music than people actually Understand. think yeah, yeah, yeah they, they think oh you can just go to your studio write a beat and send it out and the bloody blah blah, blah. So there's so much tinkering that needs to be done to make it sound like cl clarity and I, I i know that a lot of, you know i've done what three mixtapes now nearly doing four and i've made mistakes by people who haven't mastered the stuff down and you could have the best song out there but it could just if it doesn't sound good it just no one will listen to it. Even if it's like the lyrics were great and the beat was great, if it doesn't sound good, it just doesn't work. No, you know, within the the, the music thing, as you've said, if you've got the, the best lyrics in the world, but the beat that you're spitting them over, um, you know, the bass is popping the speaker. No one's going to listen to you. They're no. just going to be like, "What's going on with this beat?" Yeah. 
You need that. You need that. Like, um, from it, like, that energy. Like, if he's not there, then he's energy, just, energy, just, energy, 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 energy. But if he's not there, then it doesn't work. I've made that mistake loads of times, but it's expensive to get beats mastered. Like, it's, it's not cheap. And you know, mastering beats is a skill within itself. Yeah. It's not something that I really excel in because, like, the. Let's say, for example, like, I, I make my beats with a certain pair of headphones. The, the skill level in mastering is actually making it so that it doesn't matter what type of um, thing that song is played through, whether it be headphones, whether it be speakers, whether it be an in-car system, whether it be a big PA system, the, the skill level of mastering is to make sure that that sounds perfect it, wherever it's played. Yeah. Music's like a completely different. We'd we'd have to do a different one on music. Yeah, definitely will. Because that is, and let's get like um, chambers and that involved with that one as well. Because that, you know, me and you can sit and speak about music, especially with chambers involved, for hours. So. Well, we've we've been doing. I feel, I feel we've like been this, doing this a long, like a long this, time. I feel like this podcast is more based like the experience of ha- like <laughs> getting your hair cut. Well, that's what it. That's, yeah, yeah. This but is that's what it was. It wasn't like, wasn't really planned. It just like, no. I started a podcast, and I was just like, well, I'm gonna get my hair cut. Let me talk to my friend who we we have these chats anyway. Why not people listen to it? You know. <laughs> no, that's what it's about. It's just about everyday life. Like, there's no topic or, you know, it's just it's just our opinions. But that's what, you know that's what life's about. We all sit there without this being recorded. We all sit there and we just chat shit about life. Yeah, we do. Some of it makes sense, some of it don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that of it doesn't. That's what I wanted to do. We just, well, I wanted to sit there with my friends and just talk about, you know, we mean you've done this loads of times, you've cut my hair, and we've just literally just talked waffle. Obviously, it's been a bit different today because it's been a bit more structured, I've asked you a lot of questions. <laughs> but I, I don't even know how long we've been doing it for. Probably quite a while. How long? Um, 46 minutes. It's a big difference to your fucking three mini first one, isn't it? Yeah, but that was just like a test. Yeah, I'm playing, mate. I've just been listening to him over the weekend. And I was like, you know what? Well, there's no difference from us talking. So let, let, me, let me ask you some questions. What's your uh, vision for this podcast? Where are you looking for this to go? I don't. I don't know. I'm, my problem is with me. I'm just a very compulsive. That's not the right word, is it? No, is it impulsive? Is it impulsive? Impulsive. Impulsive. Where I just. I don't think about stuff. I just, I just go and do it. And what it was, like, I was listening to Burns' Grime. I went on Spotify and I was going to listen to one of the playlists. Yeah. And I, I know the lads who run it. And, like, I just, they had podcasts, so I just listened to one. And then I just... You liked it. I was playing Fences all weekend. I must have spent about eight hours listening to their podcasts. And they were just literally just chatting. Whatever come into their head. Like, they had, like, a vague topic. But it was good, like, I felt like I was in the room listening to him, not just being there and being involved in the conversation. Yeah, I can understand that. But I, I actually inboxed him and said, oh, you know, how did you do it? And they, they've sent me the details and I've styled it myself, like. It's one of them, you know. You know, how old are we now? We're in our early 30s, nearly mid-30s. We've got a lot of experience. Why not talk about it? There's so much... Everyone's life is on social media now. You know, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, blah-de-blah-blah. It's actually just nice to just listen instead of just looking all the time at people's life. Yeah. So there's no real, there's no real end goal for this. It was just more just this. See where it goes. Yeah. Don't mind, mate. How's your uh, 
customer experience been today so far? Yeah, it's been all right, except for insulting me, apart from that. But well, that know. happens every time, mate. Yeah, but I know that. Wouldn't it be me if I didn't insult you? You shouldn't come with so many things that I'm able to insult you over. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, let's not, let's not reel them off. Come on, you're in a vulnerable position now. You've got scissors over oh, no, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get the cutthroat, eh? What, to give my, uh, my massive beard a shave? I was going to point, point you up on that, innit? If I haven't got a beard? Not your beard, you douche. Oh, my. Your line-up. My front box. <laughs> my front box. You got a vagina? <laughs> vagina? You got a little vagina? So this is where you've uh, you're starting to gain your experience on, aren't you? Cutting yeah, hair. most definitely because I would say that, like you know, um, during the process of me, I'm you fucked one up a couple of times. Because the fade's great, but it comes to cutting the hair at the top. Yeah, and I didn't have a lot of experience. With yeah, but that's that's a good thing now. Is like you've you've gained that experience. Yeah, most definitely. You know, as I say, working within a barber shop, uh, it was really because I didn't have the experience because I was only cutting my friend's hair. There's not a lot of my friends that have any. Scissor cutting on their hair. Most yeah, of my friends do have pure clipper work. Bearwood, bearwood fucking cuts any like skin fade free on the top. Yeah, you know, even I used to have that before I got my. So hair, you copied mine. My, my luscious locks. So you copied mine. Copied you copied no, no, mine. No, no, no. Don't try and say that. I had the first you, man. You, you had some like mad, you had some mad pompous high quiff and that, bro. I have like a slick back. A little slick jelly. A little slick and that, it? It's a red dax wax. You need to get some curtains over. Oh, I'm not going back to the yeah. curtains, dude. Nah. Not after I sort of like I had to cut a pair of curtains the other day. I was turning down there earlier. And uh, I was like, oh, no. I don't think it's something I could pull off anymore. I reckon it might come back into fashion. It is. It actually is because obviously like 90s fashion is considered retro now. But it's, do you know what I find weird is like the clothes that I had as a kid are popular. Again. Are popular. Like I've still got, a pair, I've got a pair. I've got a pair of kappa shorts when I was fifteen, and I was rocking the other day at skate park, and the kids were like, "Where did you get them shorts from?" Like, yeah, like kappa's massive. Like, I've had these though. since I was fifteen. Like they was, they was big for me when I was a kid, and I can wear them now, and I'm thirty-three. I'm just like, am I cool? It's not the clothes, though. It's not the clothes that make you cool. Oh, <laughs> about the lines. Go on. <laughs> Also, Mr. Night Night. Yeah, me. Energy, energy. Energy. That's the thing, man. You get older, but you're still yourself. Just with less energy. Energy. Just with less hair. <laughs> <laughs> less energy. Precision cuts, man. Precision cutting. Precision. That's why I say anyone that wants to... Uh, Achieve the freshness that they deserve. Give me a shout. Yeah, let's uh, holler out your socials. Where, where, where can we find you? Oh, I don't really want to say my Facebook. <laughs> Not your Facebook. Uh, so yeah, check out uh, on Instagram sketch underscore fresh underscore the underscore barber, and you can see various of my cuts. Uh, and then also if you want to check out my other Instagram which is more based around just me as a person and my music uh, which is just uh, sketchfresh33 and so anyone looking for like home cuts around the Bearwood area you know just holler me man you know get you some work out there you? exactly or if you are more mobile and you do want to pop into the shop uh, on Vicarage Road in Kingsheath 
Brooklyn Barbers Club. Feel free to come and uh, pop into the shop and get fresh coffees, fresh teas, beers. And there's good parking as well. So if you like drive out there, you know, that's, that's, that's the main thing. Like you go to some high streets and you cannot park anywhere. You, you go barewood, you, you, you can't park. Especially if you've got a big van like me, it's a hassle. And you, it's an experience that you want to go somewhere, park up, be safe, get your hair done, out. And that's exactly what you will experience at Brooklyn Barbers Club. So, just finishing up the, well, finished off the scissor cut on top now. So now I'm just gonna make sure that the points between the fade in the clippers and the scissor work on top doesn't have any uh, overlapping edges. And then we'll do your line up. Just make sure we've got all the hairs off the bottom of your neck and that will be you done, my friend. Yeah, man. So yeah, just there. That's always following my hair. I always get like some funky step ups like in the corners. Well, fifty-eight minutes, man. I think we should end this and on like the hour on the dot on it. No problem, my friend. So, uh, yeah, this has been a Mr. Naylor's podcast. Sketch uh, Fresh Barber edition. Yeah, so he's been my first guest, friend for a long time. He's been trimming my hair for about an hour, well, 58 minutes. We're pretty much finished. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone's in, uh, enjoyed the uh, the show. This is basically what it's going to be about, is just having, you know, friends tell me about their life and, you know, their inspirations and everyday kind of things. So, uh yeah, share us out and uh, give me some feedback. Let me know what we'd like you'd like me to talk about. You know, if you want to be a guest as well, you know, let me know. So everyone, live the life you love, love the life you live. You got any last words, mate? Bless up to the Mr. Nyla podcast experience. Yep, yeah, did it that, so we're doing it. Adios.